From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody. We are excited to be recording live here at the Austin Film Festival. We're very blessed to be here. We're very blessed, honored, excited to have our guest today, Academy Award-nominated Virgil Williams. Thank you. Thank you for Uh, having me. Virgil's script, Mudbound, was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, in 2017. He's also a writer, a producer on some series, uh, Criminal Minds, ER, 24. Um, and so we're, we're very honored to have you, man. Thank you. I was at your uh, your panel discussion this morning. I, yeah. I was telling you, it's just it was really inspiring. I could see all the eyes, young, aspiring writers lighten up and a lot of heads nodding and a lot, a lot of hearts being touched. So, you know, thanks That's for dope. being at the festival also. That's dope. Because I appreciate getting, getting, it. You know, spreading your gift and spreading your knowledge, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very special. I appreciate that, really. I mean, that, that means a lot, you know. And uh, this is a great festival. I came it really couple, is. I came a, a couple years ago, and it's very chill. It's yeah. Very, it's more like a conference than a festival. It's a conference. I mean, yeah. it's, I always learn more and network more at this festival than any other. Yeah. So, you know, all my listeners out there in L.A., make it out when, yeah, uh, when, a, you're, when you can. It's a dope, it's an easy flight from L.A. too. Yeah. Super short flight, bad. and it's a dope little festival, cool little town too. So you're from Chicago. Yes, sir. I'm going to start off with something that I hope, you know, I hope you don't hate me for this. Uh-oh. But what's going on with them bears, man? What's oh, up with Trubisky? Man, I can't even talk about that. <laughs> I'm a Packers fan. I, ter- so. oh, well, I won't hold that again. <laughs> we can't get everything right. Right. I just I had to turn them boys off the other week. I, just, <laughs> I, I couldn't. I, I don't know what's going on. I, we traded up for that dude. You know, I think I think he's in his head. He, he looks is. like he's pressing. He is. He looks like he feels all the pressure of having been traded up for. Yeah. And he looks like because uh, he he's got the skills. It yep. seemed like he had the skills yep. last year. He was, yep. but he just looks like one of those cats that's that's getting to the the Chicago's getting at him. Yeah. They're impatient. They are. As yeah. all. Most sports fans are. I don't think there's a Yes, that's true. That's true. All sports fans. Like, oh, I'll give him a second. He'll be fine. I think they want to win now. So I don't even know, man. I don't even know. A lot of season left. There's there is a lot of season left. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. He could turn it around. Defense. You know, as a Packers fan, Trubisky, if you're listening to this, I send you love, man. <laughs> I, I, I hope the best for you. Now jumping into writing. <laughs> the real reason the real why we're stuff. here. Talk to me about creating your your best creative space, um, mm. creating your writing heaven, what, what your writing heaven looks like? Uh, that's a great question. I think on an abstract level, you know, uh, for me it's uh, when it's not result-based. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't have to be about, um, I got to sell it, you know, or I got to get this in so we can shoot it and I don't care about it, but I need, to, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my job. You know what I mean? I think that's writing heaven. Yeah, when I it's think. coming from your heart yeah. rather than yeah, when your pocketbook. When it doesn't have to necessarily affect, you know, your station in life. Right. You know, when you don't need to pay the mortgage with that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, you're just doing it, or 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 during those times, if you are doing it for for compensation, and there's you know everybody here's pro or wants to be, so um, those spots where you're. Uh, you know, in, in the flow zone, you know, where you're listening, where you're tuned into the, the right station mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you're flow zoning, you know, you've, you've put in the work, you've done, you know, 
your outline or whatever, whatever work needs to be done before you start writing scenes. And uh, you're sort of on the backside of the mountain. Right. That's, that's a version of heaven too. When right, the script's right, taken right over. Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when it's just revealing itself to you. Right. Michelangelo used to say he didn't, he didn't make sculptures. He just freed, he freed those, those figures from inside the marble, you know. Right. So when you're just doing that and just allowing it to be what it is, that's a version of writing heaven. For sure. All very esoteric, very, you know, <laughs> you know not, not, not uh, necessarily like life applicable stuff, but in some ways it can but be. But it is, yeah. yeah. It yeah. really is. Um, you spend many years writing in television, you know, you worked your way up, writer's yeah. rooms and all that stuff. When yeah. you, all those years you spent, um, you know, working on the deadlines and yeah. answering to this and that, um, were you always working on personal projects on the side, working on your own, yeah. your own stories and stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Mudbound was the first real concerted effort, though. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you come off a TV season, especially those old school network 22, 24 episode orders. Right. That's a grind, you know what I mean? And I used to beat myself up for not writing more. That's my leather jacket crinkling on the wood. That's what that sound is. You pick <laughs> that up on the mic because it makes it. I love that It'll sound. It'll help you visualize yeah, where we're at. It's like you're really here. <laughs> I used to get hard on myself. You know, I'd come on, I'd be on hiatus after that long season. I'd be like, God, I should have written, I should have written, I should have. But you're tired mm -hmm. after that. You know, you've written, you know, if you've, on, on Criminal Minds, Upper Levels wrote, you know, three episodes a season. So that's, 100, that's 160 plus pages of material. And you produce those episodes, so you spent those days on set, you spent those days in post, you spent those days in prep, um, and it's a grind. Um, but there came a point uh, where I think the sort of, um, I don't know, the creative dam burst, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, dude, this procedural stuff is, is cool, you know, ish, you know, because it's lucrative, and it's, uh, it's uh, uh, I think, uh, relatively easy. Uh, I italicize the word relatively. <laughs> um, uh, but... Where's the song? Like, where's the, where, what's, where's the stuff coming from your heart? Yeah. Because you can find pockets of it. You can find little, little spaces for that in, in any sort of a, a, a procedural space. But, I mean, it's, like I was saying at the panel, I mean, it's a straight-up pocket. It's just a, just a pocket. It's, yeah. not a, it's not a full, you know, it's a, it's a little sampler. You know, it's not a full meal. And then working on the TV, like you said, you were you produce some of the episodes as well. Yeah. So you're, you're, see, you're seeing the the episode top to bottom through mm -hmm. and through, all the way through post. Does doing that and that process uh, help inform your writing? Yes. Moving past that, Unqu uh, like undoubtedly, unquestionably, I can. Yes, in in every way, because writing something to sell is very different than writing something to shoot. It's a slightly different skill set, you know. Right. It's like an outfielder. You know, they both, and an infielder, you know, boy, they both play baseball, but one guy has a different glove. Like, they have different gloves. They're fit, like, it's different, situationally different. And writing to shoot is a thing, and that's uh, what I really learned to do was write, writing to shoot. Mm -hmm. um, that means a couple things, you know, being able to change things fast. It means being able to write something that is as specific as it can be and simultaneously as general and flexible as it can be. Right. So as to conform to any uh, uh, production limitations or, or, or uh, uh, opportunities. Right. Because sometimes you'll be out there and be like, oh, what if we did X? Yeah. And that would be dope. But that helps if you have, uh, I always like to think of scripts as like, part of what I'm doing is creating space. I'm like an offensive lineman. Right. Let's run the football thing. Uh, where I'm creating space for these other disciplines so that they can get off. So I'm writing a document that, you know, 
hair and makeup is inspired. I'm writing a document where the DP is inspired, where the actors are inspired, where everybody finds some source of inspiration, and I've made space for them to do what they do. Um, that's a great way to think about it. So that's that they can really do it. I mean, that's what it, that's what that document is. Yeah, that's what a, a shootable script is. Mm-hmm. Is a, is is it's a it's a blueprint. It's a it's a piece of inspiration. It's a flashlight. It's a it's a I mean, people have to work off that. Yeah, I mean, you know, grips. Your key grip is going to have to be like he's going to he's going to read that script or she's going to read that script, and she's gonna, she's going to be looking at you know how much how many cables they need and all that kind of shit. Right. Oh my lord. Say, I'm just cussed on the podcast. Sorry. You can cuss on our okay. podcast. I don't know about okay, them. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, uh, That's you know. a beautiful thing about a script, though, ain't it? Because it's like you can you you can read it. I work in the industry also as an AD. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like, that's yeah. my blueprint for yeah. like getting the job done. Yep. But you I can also schedule the whole thing. You yeah. got to do a whole bunch of stuff off of that. But also as a writer, I can read that same thing, uh, you know, and, and view it from a completely technical mind, but uh-huh. also be completely moved yep. by it and brought to tears. Yep. It's it's a, yep. it's it's a it's a very specific thing. Yeah, it's a it's a hyper specific thing. It's not a novel. Yeah, it is not a, a piece of prose. It is it is a it's super specific. I mean, it's you know that's I, you know, I think some people probably can write screenplays better than they write novels or vice versa. I mean, I think it's it's a specific skill set. Yeah, for it sure. It really is. That's great. If we can, I want to touch a little bit on Journal for Jordan, mm-hmm. the memoirs you're uh, adapting right now mm-hmm. for a screenplay, which is uh, going to be directed by uh, Mr. Denzel Washington. Yes, Mr. Washington. Um, when you hear that you're going to be working on a project that's going to be directed by Denzel Washington, how do, how do you begin to, like, let the the jitters go and be like, all right, it's time to it's time to get down to business because there's got to be like some sense of like insane excitement, right? Uh, oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, look. Um, well, first of all, I actually developed a television show with Denzel oh, okay. many years ago that never went, but we developed together. So part of the reason that I got a journal for Jordan and that a journal for Jordan landed mm-hmm. like it did with with Mr. Washington was because of the work that we'd done previously. So he knew he knew me. Yeah. And remembered me, you know. Um, uh, so, uh, and I'll, a moment that I had when we were, the show was called Billy Styles. And a moment I had with Denzel when we were doing that together, we went to the Sony lot to have a lunch meeting. And uh, my producer, Todd Black, and uh, Jason Blumenthal, his partner, they'd gotten the, uh, the back room at the commissary, like, the, you know, where they have you know, the, the private lunches. Right. And walking across the Sony lot, with Denzel Washington, and you, you know, you're in the industry, so movie mm-hmm. lots, there's stars walking around, but he's a big one. He's the star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, the people could s- sense him, you know, they were 30 yards away, and they could sense him walking across that lot with him, walking into that commissary with him, and everybody going, you know, there's Denzel, who, who's, that, who's that kid? <laughs> going into that back room, closing the door, and then uh, running lines from my script with Denzel as we were working stuff out. I had a, a a moment in that meeting, and and this is what um, these are the, the the gold pieces in my career. These moments, right? And all that stuff I was talking about at that panel, that sort of like listening piece, you need that skill so that you can even see these moments, or else you'll you'll miss them, right? And yeah, you won't realize the value in them. You have to appreciate yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, it's more than just wow, that must be really cool, and you must be really excited. It's like, you know, it's like holy shit. Like I had a moment with him while we're doing that, where I said, I don't really care what happens with this show, right? It doesn't matter. Because it's like me out here. I'm shooting baskets with Michael Jordan, and I'm at, we're working out together, right. and I'm hanging. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not grabbing my knees, yeah. hunched over, going, I cannot run with this dude. 
I was there. You're holding your own with the right best. with him. Yeah. And that was, you know, heaven saying, you're in the right place, man. And you have to be able to take those moments so that when the show doesn't go, because it didn't, mm-hmm. that that was enough, that that was, that was the win. That was the, that was the affirmation. That, that was the win. And, and it translated years later, right. but into something tangible. Now he's going to direct a film that I wrote. So Jordan wouldn't have happened if Billy Styles didn't happen years earlier. Yeah. But, you know, look, man, Todd Black, my producer, the producer on this film, very esteemed uh, film producer, Todd Black, and my mentor and friend, um, He's the one who brought me the book, uh, Jordan. He called me, you know, I said, hey, Todd, what's up, man? He goes, hold on one second. And he passed the phone all of a sudden. I hear Virgil. <laughs> Mr. Washington, hey. And it's, it's a Washington, you know, and he's telling me how much he loved my script. And I'm cool on the phone. Like, you hear me going like, oh, I really appreciate that. Right. But if you guys could see me up right now, I'm like, oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I mean, I'm glad it landed. And I'm freaking out. I'm crying. Right. I'm a crier, I cry. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, long answer long, dude. Like that, it's uh, it's an affirmation. For sure. It's a moment where I go, like, uh, sticking it out was the right thing to do. Absolutely. You know, working working was the right thing to do. And all that other, any other bullshit that may have happened, it's like, that's okay. Because it brought you here. Right, exactly. So now you're here. Now what? Life is a marathon, baby. Yeah, that's right. Life is a marathon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to jump back now to Mudbound. Yeah. Uh, talk about your beautiful script. Yeah, thank you. You mentioned your grandfather. He fought in World War II, mm-hmm. right, as well. And Ron Sol and Jamie mm-hmm. in, the, in the story of uh, fighting World War II. Did you take, obviously it's, a, it's an adaptation of a book, but did you take any piece of your grandfather with you when you were writing these characters? Uh, not necessarily in any, any, any one-to-one fashion. Right. Um, but in, a, in, in so far as a level of respect, mm-hmm. a level of reverence, a sort of appreciation for the proximity, because it was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. It's not that long ago. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and like, uh, at the time I was like, this dude's still alive. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, with regard to that, those pieces, Help me bring that to it, you know, a certain level of respect so that, um, you know, if you don't respect the thing, it, it can sometimes get you, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? Like the ocean, <laughs> right? Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so that, but there wasn't any, I don't, there weren't necessarily any um, idiosyncrasies or, 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 or particular character traits from my grandfather that I took, but, but his essence and uh, that reverence piece. For sure. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the script and the movie is when Ron Sol comes home and he gives his mom the chocolate. Yeah. And he's like, Yep. You know, she's like, I'm going to yep. save it for the other yep. kids. And he yep. says, No, no, nope. no. You enjoy that. That's for you. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with a single mom. So that, yep. that, sure. that, that hit home with me. Yep. And I'm always drawn to like strong female characters. You know, yep. I think like Ron Sol and Jamie are the heartbeat of, of, of the story, but. You know, Laura, yeah. Laura, Laura, and um, many heartbeats. It's yeah, like, yeah, and Florence are they're they're yeah. the, they're the backbone. You know, uh, just want to talk about like writing these these mother characters. And yeah, they're they're so strong. Yeah, um, that scene with the chocolate that was all D Reese. That was like an on the day thing. That mm. was like oh a, wow, that was like that was like some D Reese genius. Um, and that's that's one of the more. I agree with you. That's a very 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 powerful moment. Yeah, uh, and very tender. You know, my mom has so much to do with uh, the man that I have become. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I have two daughters. 
So, and my, my beautiful wife, you know, so I, I've been blessed enough to be surrounded by strong women uh, always. Yeah. Um, so uh, that reverence piece, you know, any time I uh, am writing a, a female voice, um, I don't know, there's a level of respect that I bring to that and a certain level of effort because I'm not, I'm not a female. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that we need to do just like an actor would need to do to ascend to that level of thinking or that mindset uh, or, you know, or it's like you know, putting on a pair of glasses so that you see a little different. And that, that's a skill mm-hmm. that you have to sort of practice and really, um, I don't know, submit to, surrender to, because um, you really do have to, I really do have to um, put my own shit aside and be on full absorb, mm-hmm. you know, so that uh, I can do that shit right, you know what I mean? And, and with the amount of respect that that warrants, because, you know, dudes have been writing females forever mm-hmm. and not right yeah. <laughs> without thinking, without, without uh, uh, an attempt at um, walking in, in someone else's shoes. It's just sort of, you know, I think may have come out in some kind of way or yeah. it's an idea. You know, I think a lot of times you'll see what, you know, a man's idea of what a strong woman is. I think you'll see a lot of times men don't allow women vulnerability or weakness right. or flaws. So they tend to be either super heroic or, you know. Unrealistic. Yeah, or unrealistic, yeah. So, you know. Um, uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. We were talking about that this morning at the at the panel discussion. You were talking about assimilating. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and yeah. that's what we have to do as writers. Yep. Is assimilate and become somebody else mm-hmm. and find that voice. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we don't have to do it in front of a bunch of people like an actor. Right. Luckily, we can do it. You know, behind closed doors in our pajamas. Right. You know? <laughs> and uh, uh, that makes it a, a little easier. Mm-hmm. At least, at least it takes some of the you know in the moment pressure off. Um, but that's what it is, man. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the end of your script, uh, I'm just going to read the last, the last line here, which is by, uh, Ronsel Mm -hmm. and VO. Uh, I'd have to cross the Atlantic yet again, this This time, time. not for war, but for love, but for love. Yeah. Uh, I just, and so I'll end with that. I just, I love that. I love, I love, you know, it's a, it's a heavy film. There's a lot of, there's a lot of love in the, in the, in the script and in the movie, but there's a lot of dark moments yeah. a lot of war yeah um yeah and i just want to hear your perspective on w- wanting to end it you know with with love literally the yeah. word love yeah uh that's a conscious decision yeah, yeah uh to have the last spoken word of the piece be the word love mm-hmm. and it tripped me out when people actually picked up on it like people were like that's the last thing that people say it's the last word and i was like oh wow you saw that um, uh, the book does not end that way. Right. Um, in the book, Hillary alludes to, uh, and I love Hillary. It's my friend. She wasn't very happy when I told her I was going to change the ending <laughs> of the book. Um, she was okay at the Oscar party. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, uh, no, that's my girl. I love Hillary. In my estimation, in the book, she sort of, like I said, she alludes to uh, what could potentially, what could maybe happen to Ronsel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, no, nah, that's no, nah, like it, that's not enough, like that that's not enough." And uh, 
in, in my heart, I knew he just could not occupy the space of hero unless he went to go get his kid because there's too many fatherless black kids walking around out in the world right, right now. And it felt like, uh, I don't, it just felt wrong. And it felt like, uh, it felt like a letdown. Mm-hmm. You know, like after he went through all that, all of that, mm-hmm. he strung him up, just cut his tongue out, did all of that. And he's not going to go get that boy. He's going to let that boy grow up alone now. I just didn't, I don't know. It just seemed like a no-brainer to me. It, just, sure. it, just, it just seemed obvious to yeah. me. And, you know, the thing about Mudbound is, you know, and I've said this a bunch, like at press tours and stuff uh, when we were uh, on, the, on the run, but the, the beautiful thing about Mudbound is it shows us that it does not matter what color, creed, gender you are. We are all, all of us, trapped in the mud, same mud. Mm-hmm. And that mud is ignorance, it's hate, and it's fear, and the only way to get clean is with love. Like that's what that movie really is about for me at the end. Because the mud is everywhere. It's everywhere in, in life, in, in our lives, as, as a metaphor, obviously. But how are you gonna get off you if you don't do it together? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's just uh, and especially it's, it's so, um, it's really kind of bizarre. I remember, I mean, it's been eight years since I, I adapted that, um, and even at the time, I remember being like, God, man, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> Everything's, it's like the same shit. Everything yeah. the same shit. And then it got, and, then, and then, then, our, then our man got elected. Right. You know, and then everything really went sideways. And it was like, and then it became, and it becomes like increasingly more prescient, this, you know, like all the time. And uh, it's, you know, cool that, that, you know, there was able, that we were able to sort of take that pulse, but it's also, you know, it's also a bit of a call to action. It is, that yeah. movie's about inheritance, you know? Because mm-hmm. we all have one. And you can inherit some shit. You can leave it out in the garage if you want. You don't need to go touch it. You, right. know? you don't need to go do anything with it. Or, you know, depending on what your inheritance is, what do you do about that now? And what does that say about the world that you live in now? And how does that inheritance inform and affect how you move, how you move through, through your life? And what are you going to do about it, depending on, depending on where you come from? Right. You know? And... Right. Uh, yeah, I wrote, I remember um, thinking to myself after I closed that book, um, this book could be To Kill a Mockingbird for this generation. Right. I mean, you know, in, insofar as uh, uh, icon status, insofar as like landmark icon, oh, that's sort of how I learned about through narrative American racism. You know what I mean? Uh, and I still believe that. I think that high school kids should be reading that book. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, uh, it's just... It is a pure, unadulterated slice of of America. All it's good, all it's bad. Yeah, you know, and um, just a beautiful piece of work for sure. Yeah, as is your script, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate your that. Your adaptation is absolutely beautiful. We're gonna jump into some fun now. Okay. One of our favorite segments. I'm having fun now. This is more, <laughs> more fun. We're right. gonna even more fun. Okay. Uh, our segment, give me three for any new listeners out there that are listening on uh, Austin who haven't heard our podcast before. Uh, each episode, we have our guests give us uh, three film recommendations, either under the radar stuff. She said or, TV was okay too. TV's cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, stuff that has inspired them, stuff you may not have seen, may not have heard of. We just like expanding everybody's knowledge, libraries, yeah. cue lists. Yeah. So, Mr. Virgil. Let's get your first one. Uh, my first uh, has to be a, um, a TV show, and it's the original Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Rod Serling was easily 
one of the most prolific film and TV writers. I mean, he wrote a great movie called uh, Seven Days in May. Right. Uh, which I think probably still holds up. I saw it a few years ago. I saw it probably about 10 years ago and I, I loved it. But the, you know, there's some like, you know, early 60s technology that's like playing modern, but it's still kind of, it still holds up. Oh yeah. But he, he he's uh, wildly prolific mm-hmm. and uh, was just sort of me, you know, those re-ran all the time when I was a kid. So I used to watch that all the time. The so original Twilight Zone. Yeah. I think they still do every like Thanksgiving or Christmas, they do like the, the marathon. marathons on. So all the classic that, ones like yeah. the William Shatner one. Right. Or, yeah, all those. Yeah. But it's just uh, also too for its, you know, there was never anything like that before. No. It's wholly unique. You know? And I mean, still to this day, those those things really hold up. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. It's because of the writing. Yeah. And it's 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 because of the writing. Yeah. And even even old stuff, uh, Though dated, mm-hmm. uh, if it's if it is if the writing is uh, if there's craft in it, it's it will age just fine for sure. And that's that at that show, and I didn't even realize that until much later in life. I was like, oh, but I was I was watching some cool shit when I was a kid. I yeah. was watching this. Is, I was I, no wonder I liked it so much because this guy can go, and he wrote a lot of them. I think most of them. Yeah. So um, when I was a kid, I would watch them. And I was like, oh, these are cool. You know, they're they're fun shorts. Yeah. I revisited some of them as adults. I was like, my God, these have really strong social messages yep. as well that There's I did not catch yep. up on. When a lot I was of a genius. Kid. And you yeah. try and write that shit in a half hour. You try and do those things that quick. That's hard. Yeah. Like the, the shorter and simpler it is, the harder it is. That's Absolutely. that's the that's the, the the standard. It's like, you know, it's hard to be simple. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Twilight Zone, the yeah. original. Yeah. Your second one. Sir. Oh man, this is tough. So um and wasn't it pre-1990? Was that another prerequisite? Or am I taking that from someone? It doesn't matter when. doesn't matter okay, when. Okay, so um, when I was uh, in college, I was uh, uh, an intern at Orion Pictures. When Orion Pictures was making movies like Dances with Wolves, Platoon, and uh, Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. which is my second pick. Nice. Because the day that I read the script for Silence of the Lambs, and then they had free movie screenings too for employees. So that yeah. was like, yeah, I'll work for free. I get free movies. Oh shit, and I can bring a friend. Dog, we got free movies. What are you coming? So like um, the day that I read the script for Silence of the Lambs, it was the first screenplay I had ever read in totality. And then two hours later saw the movie, a giant light went off wow. in my head. I yeah. went, oh shit, that's what that, I can do that. Like not yet, right. but like now I know what that is. And uh and it's a brilliant movie. It's a, it's a, it's the suspense that everything is really. It's, it's just a cool. It's cool pretty movie. flawless. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty flawless. And you know, the cool thing about it is, it's you know, it's, it's about a serial killer, but you know, it's not like bodies are dropping. Mm. It's not hyper violent. Like there's no barely any violence. You know, yeah. like you see what one dude strung up, but like there's no. It really doesn't get really. It doesn't get um, kind of horror-y. It doesn't get gory. Yeah, is the word I'm looking for. Um, but you're still you're still on the edge of your seat for yeah. the in, for the entire runtime. Yep, yep, yep. But that that movie uh, that movie changed me, and to this day, if it's on, I, I I can't I can't I can't turn it off for sure. Yeah, the Silence of the Lambs. Yep, excellent choice. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Two excellent choices so far. So far, so good. So far, so good. Let's get the third. I, man, I have like a tie. <laughs> um, I'll allow two. Okay. Hell, we're in Austin. Let's do it. So um, everything's bigger in Texas, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> Top ten. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so they remade this movie. Um, Todd Black remade this movie, um, but the original version uh, is a French version, and it's called The Intouchables. Mm. 
Um, I love, love, love stories about uh, strange bedfellows. Like people that should be, that end up friends, end up connected, that have no business on this earth being connected. Um, kind of like Mudbound. Kind of like Mudbound. Yeah. There's a, because there's a, what it does is it speaks to, you know, humanity. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the, the thing that I think connects us all, you know, that little set of things that really runs th- through all of our guts and m- connects us. Um, and that movie's beautiful. I mean, I remember there's a scene in that film where he, he the rich guy takes, you know, takes the black guy, the rich white guy takes the poor black guy to the opera and it's just a tree singing. And the, and the black guy, is, he's a tree. He's a, and he just starts laughing. And then the rich guy starts laughing. And then I started laughing. And there's nothing to the scene, there's nothing to it. It's just them laughing at the absurdity of what's happening and then being friends. Right. There's, not, there's no dialogue. He just, I think he even keeps saying, he's a tree, he's a tree, and he just, he's crying laughing so hard. <laughs> I rewound that scene to watch it again because I was like, how did they, what did they capture there? What was so, why did I get that feeling? It's just a, a moment. Because it's just a moment. Of, of being, it's, it's yeah. just a moment of being, and I think that's what it is. I mean, that's, yeah. what, that's what good writing is, is being, being there. Good acting mm-hmm. is, is being there, not watching, right. not hoping I'm going to get this picked up or am I going to sell it, you know? Right. It's, it's, are you here right now? So then later on, it doesn't matter what happens. Are you here right now? Right. Um, but that movie really uh, uh, was touching. That movie uh, touched me. And then, you know, it's, I'll hurry up since you're allowing me four. I mentioned it earlier, but um, um, I, I think Dances with Wolves is, is an epic, epic film. I got up six. I read some thread on Twitter. Uh, uh, a, a native person was talking about how um, they don't really treat the, the, the native characters right. And, I, and I, I was so, I was like, am I not? Am I not woke to that? Because like, I thought he did, was very respectful. That was the first movie I've seen where they were not just running around screaming, shooting. Right. And th- like there were different characters. There was, characters, there was yeah. actual, like they had, like it was real, like we were on their side. Like it was like a whole, but I think insofar as a uh, uh, character journey mm-hmm. and, and like movie epic. Yes, that um, is a epic. That, that, that film, um, I remember being like uh, three hours later, because it's one of those three hour movies. Um, like Braveheart, which is another one. That's number five, by the way. I'm just going to get them all in. Um, but it's just big. Yeah. It's just big, and it takes you someplace where you, like, you know, that's what movies do. For sure. They t- it's a, you know, you they transport. Travel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was there, you know, and that's another one of those where if it's on, I can't, I'm watching. For sure. I'm watching. I could probably recite lines. I could probably do that, you know. Um, but I guess that's it. I'll think of, I'll think of a bunch more once we, once we hit stop. I'll be like, damn, I should have said that You're one. always welcome damn. back on our show. Said that one. Always welcome back That's on our dope. show. That's what's up. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you for your, your choices. Um, before we go, I want, uh, since this is the Writers Festival uh, and we have some writers listening, if you can give uh, any advice to working writers mm-hmm. and, and up-and-coming writers. Which I know is a tough yeah, that's a hard thing one. to put on your put on your. That's a that's a that's a, a super 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 hard one. You know some of that stuff that we talked about this morning in that panel. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be result based. Try not to be result based. If you're going to sit down and and decide to write something, uh, ask yourself the question: Would I write this if nobody will ever see it? If I'm on an island, and I just have to write this, would I still write it? Is it still that important to me? Because if you're worrying about, like I was saying in the panel, you know. I think a lot of young writers are like, I can't wait to get my show. Can't wait to get my show. I got this great idea for a show. And one thing that all shows do, every single one of them, is they all end. They end. So what are you going to do, A, 
when it ends. B, what are you going to do if it doesn't happen? Because <laughs> that's possible too. And you have to be okay with it either does or it doesn't. Right. You have to be okay with, I put it all, I left it all in the field, so to speak. So I would say, just write from your heart. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, do not write for a result. Do not write to try and please. Right. Do not write to try and show. If you're going to write a piece, especially this is especially for like the non-pros, because this is one of the only times if you do go pro, this is one of the only times you're going to get to do this. Yeah. Is write for you. Write because you need to. Write because you're going to be like me, like fucked up if I don't get on the computer. You know, uh, I'm going to be like, this is the one place where depression can't get me. Anxiety can't get me. I'm cool here. Or if it does come, I'm actually okay in that state because I'm doing what I am, being who I am. It's a safe place, yeah. Yeah. Um, So just, I guess, long answer long, try not to be Mm result-based. And write for the love. And and write for the love. Write for the love of creation. And I understand, well, how's that going to get me some food? How am I going to be, you know, well... You'll find that way. Yeah, that 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 part will come, but especially at the initial stages, like get good at it, and don't worry about your show or your movie. Worry about your career. Don't ask where's my show or my movie. Ask where's my career, and have I developed the tools to sustain itself? Because it's not it's not a, it's not it's the chain. It's not a link in the chain. It's the chain, and the goal is everybody. When you leave the earth, this is the mission you choose to accept. You want a body of work. Right. You don't want your show, you know. And by the way, what if you get your show? What if everything is green lights and blue skies for you and you get your show? Will you know what to do with it? Right. Will you have the skill to keep it good? Will you have the knowledge so that people aren't talking around you? Will you be able to do all that? Will you be able to take what you learned from this show and take it to another? Can you do it again? That's like saying, you know, man, I can't wait to play pro baseball. I just want an at-bat. Just give me an at bat. Let me get my turn at bat. That's not what those guys are saying. Right. Those guys are saying, I'm trying to get to the Hall of Fame. So I need thousands of at bats, which means like thousands of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So life's a marathon. Life's a marathon. So don't worry about that result. Just write your ass off. Put your ass in the chair. And routine is a way better friend than inspiration. Get a routine. Absolutely. Yeah. Virgil, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I, we appreciate you coming on the this show. Great. Appreciate everything you said uh, this morning and on our show today. Thank you, sir. Uh, is an honor. Likewise. Film Forward, thank you guys for joining us. For any new listeners out there, we are on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, like, and rate us, and we'll catch you guys next time.